and welcome to the Legal Edition. I'm your host, Attorney Mary Kay Loyan. Our show topic is The Great Cholesterol Deception, the story behind the statin. Our guest is Dr. Stephanie Seneff. She is a senior research scientist at MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory. Dr. Seneff holds multiple degrees from MIT, including biophysics, an MS and EE in electrical engineering, and a PhD in electrical engineering and computer science. Let's welcome Dr. Seneff. Great to have you with us again. Delighted to be here. Thank you. Um, Now, I understand your research um, is at the intersection of biology, nutrition, and computer science. Oh, yes. And that you developed computational models uh, using epidemiological data from government, public, and private uh, resources um, to determine risk factors and illness. Can you elaborate on on, um, what you do? Yeah, it's actually exclusively public resources, and it's mostly uh, downloading things from the web. You can get both blog posts from from, uh, patients, you know, people who experience drugs and have reactions, and they post their complaints at websites that are a terrific source of information to find out what reactions are occurring with different drugs. And then you can also get all kinds of medical data from the U.S. government, which is wonderful, and also data on various toxic chemicals in the environment and things like that. So we're looking at all these uh, correlations among different things to try to unco- discover knowledge. And then once we find correlations, then we want to go to the research literature and try to understand the underlying mechanism. Mm-hmm. And there we can also use computer science to help us analyze the research literature, again, to help connect the dots, tell the story, figure it out. So it's a really fun. If, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you like, like detective stories, it's really fun because you're, you're figuring out biology by seeing how it reacts to what I consider to be environmental toxins, which mm-hmm. includes both drugs and the various chemicals that are in our environment mm-hmm. and that are hugely in our environment today compared to 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and you've been researching statins. I have. Uh, tell us about that. Oh, well, statins are very uh, fascinating. Actually, they're a great probe to understand biology because they're such a train wreck. I mean, they really, really destroy uh, an incredibly important pathway in the liver, in the cells in the liver, which is the um, mevalonate pathway. It's not just cholesterol. I mean, it's bad enough that they deplete cholesterol. So I guess people probably know statin drugs lower your cholesterol. People... Mm-hmm are constantly being measured. Their doctors insist on measuring their LDL levels. That's the uh, so-called bad cholesterol, but that's a very bad name for it because it's not bad. Um, If your LDL is quote-unquote too high, according to your Mm -hmm. doctor, then here's your statin drug, and you're going to need to take it for the rest of your life, you know. And then people just like, oh, my doctor says I have to take it. They take it. They don't question it. But if they look, and they can go on the web, and they can find a lot of stuff that will show them just how bad these drugs are. Mm -hmm. I believe... I will say, I will go out on a, on a limb and say that eventually statin drugs will be shown to be the worst disaster in uh, the pharmaceutical industry ever, even considering Vioxx and hormone replacement therapy and thalidomide, all those disasters that they've had in the past. I think statins will turn out to be the worst, and people are not realizing how much damage these drugs are doing to them, with very little benefit. Now, isn't there a black box warning on, on this drug? Yeah, and in fact, they've just recently added uh, two things, uh, diabetes, increased risk to diabetes, and then mental problems, you know, co- uh, cognition problems, memory problems, it, it, it disrupts your brain. Um, diabetes, of course, is a very strong risk factor for heart disease, so it's ironic 
if you think about it, you're taking a drug that's supposed to protect you from heart, heart disease, and it causes something that causes heart disease. It doesn't make any sense, you know? I mean, in fact, they really don't. Uh, even the experts are, are somewhat confused about why statins work, because everything else that lowers cholesterol doesn't protect you from heart disease. Mm-hmm. Only statins. Can you tell us a little bit about the malevolent? Malevolent pathway. pathway. Yeah, this is a really, really important pathway um, that produces cholesterol. And, of course, cholesterol is also a precursor to a lot of important things. And what is that? Like all the sex hormones, vitamin D, but anyway, several things. And then there are other pathways that branch off of this mevalonate pathway uh, that that lead to really important molecules that Mm -hmm. dolichol and uh, coenzyme Q10. These Mm -hmm. are things that are really, really important for Mm -hmm. the energy management of the cell and to keep it safe. Mm Uh, from from um, oxidative damage and things like that, and um, and also signaling. It, there's there's molecules that are involved in in cell cell signaling, so it messes up the cell's communication system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just incredible. You know, a cell working without the mevalonate pathway is a sick cell, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And from what I've been reading in the literature, I've seen that there is associations with muscle weakness, heart failure, ALS, Parkinson's, neurological diseases, diabetes fetal deformities, and rhabdomyolysis. Rhabdomyolysis, yes. Yes. Let's discuss some oh, of those. Oh, man. I mean, I, this is, of course, what I had done. And several years ago, actually, I published a paper together with a student who was collaborating with me on um, studying the statin drug side effects from looking at the uh, reports from, from patients. So it's terrific. On As I said online, you can go to places like WebMD. You can get all these reports, and you can analyze them using computer science techniques to see what words are showing up more frequently when people are taking statin drugs versus if they're taking all the other drugs that people of the same age take. So you do an age match distribution on two different sets of data, mm-hmm. and you find all the words that are mm-hmm. more frequently mentioned in mm-hmm. talking about the side effects they're experiencing with mm-hmm. statins. That's how you find all these things. This is what we did first. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing how many things. And you mentioned a bunch of them, and there's a bunch more, even things like hair loss and um, cataracts. I mean, all these things that are... Um, indicators of getting old. Diabetes, I mentioned before, brain problems, um, neuropathy, you know. And, of course, ALS is, uh, is rare, but it's less people are predicting it. The statin drugs predict ALS, uh, and that's a muscle degenerative disease. You know, it's a, a nerve muscle problem. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that the statin drugs actually work on the muscle system, well, the heart is a muscle. Yes. And all these other muscles that are associated with the fatigue and the illness, and those seem to be paramount, and those are the ones that the doctors are aware of, maybe not some of these other side effects. Yeah, I mean, the muscles are the obvious one, and we got incredibly significant results with 0.00000 significance in this uh, likelihood that this, uh, that this observation could have occurred by chance. You mean the correlation? Yes, so it's, it's a, it, you see this uh, strong mention, so many mentions of muscle pain, muscle weakness, um, neuropathy, as I mentioned before, um, in association with, and you have you know di- difficulty walking. I mean, you have all kinds of back problems. You have shoulder pain. There's all this arthritis. All those things are directly connected to the statins. And and the reason is because the muscles really take a beating mm-hmm. from the statins. And and this is because the muscles depend upon that cholesterol that's not being delivered. Yeah, let's talk about that. Cholesterol is vitally important. Cholesterol is incredibly important. It's actually what I think distinguishes plants from animals. Plants don't have cholesterol. And animals have cholesterol, and this is what has enabled them to have a nervous system and to have a, a muscle system so they can move. So plants don't have muscles and don't have nerves. But those are two really, really important parts of what human beings are. Our brain, our nervous system, our muscles, our mobility, 
without those, we're pretty stripped down. You know, we become a plant in a way. And uh, you really, really need your cholesterol to be healthy, and especially your brain and your muscles. So the brain actually needs cholesterol. Absolutely. It synthesizes cholesterol for other bodily functions as well. Yeah, well, the brain synthesizes a lot of its own cholesterol. Um, and, of course, if it's getting statins in there, which it can, especially the lipophilic statins, which is, for example, Lipitor, mm -hmm. uh, they get into the brain, and that's what causes the kinds of brain problems, the memory problems and the cognition problems, and even, and even emotional problems like road rage and things like really? that. Really? So they cross the blood-brain barrier, mm -hmm. these drugs? Mm -hmm. the, the olipophilic ones do. There are different kinds of... There's lipophilic and, and uh, hydrophilic, and the, the difference is water-soluble versus fat-soluble. So when it's fat-soluble, it can more easily get across the blood-brain barrier. Are most of these uh, blood... Um, I mean, are they mostly... Um, They're about half and half, I think. Um, the Lipitor, I know, is fat-soluble. Uh, Crestor, I think, is water-soluble. And then uh, Zocor is fat-soluble, I believe. I'd have to check that, but I think that's right. Is one more dangerous than the other? They have different kinds of effects. The, the fat-soluble, the, the, the water-soluble ones mostly work, work on the liver, so they're more likely to destroy the liver because it's toxic to the liver, mm -hmm. um, whereas the fat-soluble ones will go into all the cells and including the brain, and so they cause more systemic damage. So one will destroy the brain and one will destroy the liver? Yeah, essentially, you could simplify it that way. It's more likely to. I mean, they, they probably all can do everything, but it's just a more of a tendency towards. So road rage can be, we've seen it, it's like an epidemic in road rage every I time know. you turn around. Could these be attributed to? I absolutely think so, because serotonin depends upon cholesterol to work properly. And when you have, when serotonin isn't working, you get things like road rage. You get also criminal behavior and suicide, sort of really um, these kinds of violent actions that people are willing to do, their brain sort of becomes uninhibited in the sense of being willing to do these kinds of over, you know, outrageous emotional responses that are completely out of line with the situation with low serotonin. Mm -hmm. So these drugs actually lower the serotonin? They interfere with the serotonin's ability to work because the serotonin needs the cholesterol to be able to work properly. So it sounds like cholesterol has very important emotional component to it. It does. As well as Depression is another one, by the way. Depression is correlated with statin drug usage and also depends, is correlated with low cholesterol. So I guess my question is, how did we get here? <laughs> I mean, what, what is the purpose of having a, a statin drug? Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, they've really sold people on this concept of, oh, LDL, you got to measure LDL. If it's high, you got to take the statin drug. And, and so there's this assumption that high LDL causes heart attacks. And actually, that assumption is false which is really, truly amazing, and I have some charts that oh, I can show Oh, please show you. us. Yes, yeah, so here's a chart that shows the correlation over time, and this is um, going from 1998 to 2010, and these are data that are available from the U.S. government on the web, mm -hmm. and the, the blue line here is LDL, and mm -hmm. you can see very interestingly that the LDL levels are going up. This is in the population. This is hospital discharge data, so a person mm -hmm. is discharged from the hospital, and they write down a diagnosis of mm -hmm. the things, and it can be multiple things, and they said LDL. So more and more people are being diagnosed with, L with high LDL, elevated mm -hmm. LDL, which is elevated uh, serum cholesterol. Mm -hmm. and, um, and yet this red line is the heart attacks. And that's kind of bouncing around, but it's not at all, it doesn't match. It looks like it's going down. It's going down, yep, LDL's going up, and, and the heart attacks are going down. And it doesn't make any sense. There's no correlation. The correlation is very non-significant. So why would you say take a drug exactly. that lowers LDL to protect you from something that, in fact, it looks like 
you're better off with the high LDL exactly. with respect to the likelihood of having it. It doesn't make any sense. So why, why is it happening in your opinion? Yeah, well, so I think that was what's really interesting to me, and of course this gets back to the toxic chemicals in the environment, is this other chart, uh -huh. which this one actually does show a very uh -huh. strong correlation with LDL. This is, again, the LDL. Glyphosate usage. Yes, that's right. And the LDL is here in 1998 to 2010. We have the glyphosate usage going back to 1991. And they're very closely matched. Then the p-value, the significance, it's a um, correlation coefficient of 0.966 for those who know statistics, that's extremely good. That's the probability. And the probability is extremely low that it could have occurred by chance. So extremely likely that this means something, uh -huh. this correlation between glyphosate. This is glyphosate usage on corn and soy crops, which is Roundup, for those of the you who probably right. don't know what glyphosate is. The herbicide Roundup uh, matches very well with the increase that we're seeing in the LDL uh, in the population. And what year did that seem to spike? It seems like the uh, blue line is... Well, they're going up. They're all going up. And, of course, this is 2010, and I'm sure it continues to go mm -hmm. up after that, but we don't have data. So we, yeah. we, the government hasn't posted data beyond 2010. So we're waiting for that data. We hope it's going to come soon. And it looks like it starts there. The blue line starts in 1990. Yeah, that's where we first have the data there. Oh, and then this one's just both, they're both just going up pretty mm -hmm. much in step. And so to me, this says, well, maybe there's a correlation, maybe there's a, uh, a causative relationship here. That should be explored. Which makes total sense to me because glyphosate does, in fact, destroy the liver. Mm -hmm. It's been shown in mice. It's been shown that it suppresses bile. Um, you know, the liver, liver can't get rid of the, can't push out the bile acids in the presence of glyphosate. It disrupts that. And the bile acids are a way that the liver sends cholesterol to the gut. Oh. And so then it goes to the gut, and then it comes back around and gets back into the body by being picked up through the chylomicron. So there's this process normally in the liver that ships the cholesterol out through the gut and then delivers it to the body that way. Mm -hmm. But it can't do that because of the glyphosate, so instead it has to ship it out through the LDL particles, which is why the LDL becomes high. And there are papers that would support that, that logic. That's that amazing. The LDL becomes high because the liver is being poisoned by the glyphosate. And, this, it's, and there's no end in sight to the use of herbicides. In fact, I'm no, I heard it's just up and up and up, increasing and, yes. it. Yes. And of course, 2,4-D is coming along now. 2,4-D right. ready, Roundup ready. That means that the plant, the corn, the soy, would be resistant to both glyphosate and 2,4-D. 2,4-D is a is believed to be a much more much worse Wasn't herbicide. Wasn't part of Agent Orange? It was yes, and it's known to have all kinds of negative effects as well. So. We can expect in the future we're going to have both 2,4-D and glyphosate all over our food, and I don't know what kinds of new medical problems are going to arise because of that. I don't want to think about what. Well, that's we know what our like. veterans were going through when they got exposed to Agent Orange. I know. No, it's very, very toxic, and and it's going to be mixed with glyphosate. That's right. And usually these things are synergistically toxic. You know, they make each other worse than they would otherwise be. So now that we've got two mm -hmm. herbicides being mixed together on mm -hmm. the same food. Scary, very yeah, scary it to is. me. And these get fed to the animals, too, so it's yes. not just the plant. Yeah, you, even if you eat the animal, you're going to get it, too, because, in fact, it's been shown that it shows up in the muscles, for example, of animals that are exposed to it. So, And, and that's is, the meat. And what is the FDA? They're not doing anything with regards to I don't to understand it. why they just like, oh, yeah, fine, no problem, you know, more and more and more, and all these diseases. <laughs> so it's just, it's just very strange to me how they yeah. don't wake up and see what's going on. Well, unfortunately, our government doesn't always do what's in our best interest. I would say that's the case. <laughs> so um, so tell me a little bit more about um, the cholesterol and the function of it and it, throughout the body. Yes, and in fact, what's really interesting to me in my studies, what I've realized it, that is that this entire 
problem that we're seeing with this elevation of LDL, it can be traced back to sulfate deficiency. And this is something that very few people are aware of. Sulfate deficiency is actually the key problem, and which comes about because of the glyphosate. Um, and, and so the glyphosate impairs your body's ability to maintain adequate sulfate. Sulfate joins with cholesterol to make cholesterol sulfate, which mm-hmm. is water-soluble. So cholesterol sulfate is much easier to transport than cholesterol without the sulfate because that becomes fat-soluble. It can't, you can't just throw it out into the blood. You've got to package it inside these LDL particles. I see. So, so you, LDL is not the bad guy after all. It's not a bad guy at all. In fact, it is a, a system to deliver cholesterol and uh, sulfate, by the way, in, it, but mostly cholesterol to all the tissues. LDL's job is to deliver cholesterol and fats to the tissues. So when you don't have enough LDL because you're taking a statin drug, all your tissues become deficient in cholesterol. And when they become deficient in cholesterol, they don't work well, and especially, of course, the muscles in the brain, because those are the ones that most depend upon it. That's the thing that distinguishes us from plants. Those are the cells that need it. If they don't get enough, they don't work well, your muscles get weak, they fail, you you get muscle pain, all those Mm -hmm. problems. Because it's been demonized everywhere. LDL, you hear, oh, yeah, Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, and LDL actually also protects you from uh, infections. How does that work? It it actually binds to the microbes and is able to deliver them to the... um, to the macrophages, which are going to then you know, dispose of them. So I guess my question would be: So what do you do if you know you have uh, if you have like say exa- example familial hypercholesteremia, which is a family trait of it's not necessarily what you're eating, but it's something that your right. body doesn't. What what do you suggest? What that is is a impaired ability to to take up the cholesterol and fat from the LDL particle. The cells that want to receive the goods are doing it very slowly. It's inefficient. And because it's inefficient, you need more. So the LDL kind of sticks around longer and it builds up and it's higher levels because of this inefficiency and the ability for the cells to take it up. What you don't want to do is to lower it because then you're going to, again, deprive your cells of of materials that they really need to be healthy. So, you know, it's part of your system that you've got these, these LDL receptors that aren't working very well. And it's not the answer to take away the product that they're trying to get. You know, that's the mm-hmm. wrong solution. So they're trying to get that. They, they can't. It's like they're, they're sucking from a straw that's got a very thin, mm-hmm. a very thin straw. So they have to spend a long time getting the LDL materials that are in the LDL particle into the cell. Okay, but there's also, then there's the other side of it. They'll say, well, you know, the, the, um, there's been blockages. People get blockages in their arteries. Right. So how do you... That's also very, very uh, mixed up, the way that people are, the way that story is told is incorrect. Can you explain? And um, people, it's very simple to think, oh, yeah, you've got all this cholesterol in your blood. All, it, it piles into your arteries, especially, of course, your arteries are feeding your heart. Mm-hmm. And they get clogged up. I mean, that's a very easy metaphor to understand. Unfortunately, that's not actually what happens. It's very interesting because, in fact, when you have these big arteries that get clogged up, as they're getting clogged up, your body's building all these bypass arteries. Your body knows how to make new highways to come around so that although that big one's getting clogged, you've got other paths. Mm -hmm. And it's not actually a problem that it's clogged because your body can make these other uh, blood vessels, uh, bypass uh, blood vessels. So it's not the clogging that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And it actually, the reason why it's there is not just because it's just getting stuck there by accident. It's because it's actively put there. And it's put there in order to be ready to make cholesterol sulfate. So the, um, and especially 
you, you would wonder why the body would pile it on the right. arteries leading to the most important artery right. in the body. Like, it doesn't you make any sense. Yeah, because wouldn't the body know that if it you cuts that put blood... You someplace else. <laughs> yeah, if it cuts that blood supply off, you know, the yeah, organism Yeah, it's a stupid place to put it if die. what you're trying to do, you know, if you think it's going to block and kill. Okay. But if you think that there's an essential ingredient that your heart is missing, which is namely cholesterol sulfate, and it's trying you to need to have a, a, an in-house supply of cholesterol waiting to become cholesterol sulfate when sulfate becomes available. Again, it's a scarcity of sulfate. So are you saying that if there's enough sulfate in the heart that these fatty deposits won't deposit themselves? They will go away. They won't be in the arteries to the heart. They'll, they'll be shipped out because they get the sulfate and then they can get shipped out because the sulfate will give them mobility. So the thing is that you're piling up all this cholesterol in the artery wall waiting for a chance to make cholesterol sulfate. Every chance you get, oh, here comes the sulfate. I got to grab it. I got to make some mm -hmm. cholesterol sulfate, mm -hmm. ship it out. I'm ready, you know? Yeah. And that's what this, these so-called clogged arteries are doing. They're supplying the cholesterol that's going to become cholesterol sulfate as soon as the sulfate is available. But the sulfate is very deficient. Okay, so the question I think becomes, how do we get the sulfate That is the, the question. <laughs> that is the $24,000 How do we get it there without clogging question. up the highway? Yeah. So which is this, the arteries. Right. So this is the problem with the glyphosate because there's an enzyme. There's a, a protein called endothelial nitric oxide synthase, which I have studied a lot. And I've written papers about it. And this enzyme is very, very special because it can make sulfate. In, it makes both nitrate and sulfate. Nitric oxide, which becomes nitrate, and then it makes sulfate. And it makes sulfate in response to sunlight. And um, so if you don't have enough sunlight exposure to the skin, you'll have a problem. If you are using sunscreen, you'll have a problem, because especially the high-end sunscreens, because they have aluminum in them. And oh. the aluminum messes up this molecule, enos. It's, it's, I call it enos, endothelial nitric oxide synthase. Really? Aluminum messes it up. Glyphosate messes it up because it's a cytochrome P450 enzyme, and glyphosate messes up cytochrome P450 enzymes. And probably other things, other toxic chemicals mess it up too. It's a very uh, vulnerable molecule to mm -hmm. damage from the toxic chemicals that are in our environment. So when that molecule is not, and it's in the red blood cells, the red blood cells play a really, really important role they come in, you see these big veins in your, in your hand, mm -hmm. you hold that up to the sunlight, you're making sulfate in those veins from the red blood cells. The red blood cells are oh. making the sulfate. And the sulfate actually protects the red blood cells. If they don't make enough sulfate, they die. And that's a critical problem that comes up uh, with, actually comes up with um, statin drugs because they make the sulfate, they make cholesterol sulfate. They, they make the sulfate, they bind it to cholesterol. They make cholesterol sulfate, they put it in their membrane. And the sulfates give them a negative charge that makes them repel each other so that the mm. red blood cells won't, the blood won't coagulate. It's very, very important to keep the blood healthy. Wow. So there's an electrical energy field here. It's not just the, the flow. Absolutely, electrical energy. It's very, very important. And the flow becomes flowing negative charge, which then sets up an electric field, electromagnetic field. That's in really, really important. And the cells respond to that as a signal, the electromagnetic field of the flowing blood. So um, that also gets messed up if you don't have enough cholesterol sulfate, because then it's a weaker signal. Oh, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure most doctors don't understand this. I'm sure they don't. And um, so what, what do you suggest? I mean, do na would naturopathic therapies help here? Because it sounds like the statin drugs are just, it's a myth. Right. It's not going to help anybody but the drug companies um, with um, their investment, yeah. what do you suggest? I certainly don't suggest taking a statin. I would not recommend that. At this point, I wouldn't recommend it for anybody. You know, I, don't, I think statins are basically a toxic chemical. 
um, and there's no reason why you would want them. In fact, they haven't been able to do any studies, as far as I know, since 2003. They have not been able to come up with any studies that show any benefit for statins for anybody. It, all the benefit was shown before 2003. Um, in certain only select groups, like men in their 50s who already have a, a high risk of, of heart disease, they could show a benefit in terms of reduced mm-hmm. heart attacks, which isn't even really necessarily a benefit. Mm-hmm. because. And I think with the statins, what they do is they interfere with the signaling. I mentioned they interfere with the signaling of the, of the, of the cells, cell-cell signaling. And so then they can't actually... A heart attack is a carefully orchestrated event. And the heart actually can't execute on that event if the cells can't signal proper, properly. Mm-hmm. It's like the signal can't get through. So they suppress... So it's like a traffic cop type of situation. Well, they suppress the uh, the um, small heart attacks, which actually are not that bad. I mean, people are so terrified of a heart attack. But you can get such a small heart attack, you don't even know you had it. And they'll say, oh, you had a heart attack because they'll measure something. Well, in is your there any benefit to that? Part? There is benefit to the heart attack itself. This is what I've been discovering, and I've got a paper under review right now on this topic. It's really fascinating. The heart, And I'm going to get into a little bit more science here. The heart stores... Taurine. Taurine is a really interesting molecule. It's, a, it's the only sulfonated amino acid. It has this thing attached to it called sulfonate, which is almost sulfate. It only needs one more oxygen to become sulfate. So that's a super, super thing if you can get at it. But in order to get that sulfonate off the taurine, in order to oxidize mm-hmm. it and to make it into sulfate, it requires some shenanigans. It requires some tricks. You know, you've got to do something somewhat special. And that's the orchestration of the heart attack. In a heart attack, the the heart dumps out its taurine into the blood, and then you get some oxidation going on. So you're getting some superoxide, which is going to allow that taurine. You have to get some hypochlorite. You've got to put some other chemicals in there to make that taurine turn into sulfate. This is an orchestrated event in a heart attack that allows the heart to produce sulfate from taurine. Taurine is normally stored in the heart for the... I think it's there for a rainy day. It's for that emergency when, oh, my God, we need sulfate so badly, we're going to do this thing, this event, which is going to be this heart attack. Mm-hmm. That's going to give us a new supply of sulfate from that taurine. And then we can gradually restore our taurine supplies over time afterwards. So it's a way of accessing like a rainy You're day You're accessing fund. the taurine, which is hiding there inside the cells in the heart, uh, waiting to become sulfate. And they will only become sulfate under an emergency situation because turning them into sulfate is difficult, but they are almost sulfate, so they're ready to go, you know? That's unbelievable. It's really neat. And so then a small heart attack that doesn't leave any permanent damage, you've got got sulfate, you know? And the sulfate will then take that cholesterol out of that plaque and give it to the heart muscle, improve the heart valves, improve the signaling in the heart. You know, the signaling really depends on the sulfate. So um, it's a benefit to have a small heart attack. So people what? really need to investigate this with, with practitioners that are knowledgeable in this. Yeah, well, there aren't any. I mean, <laughs> there really aren't. This is science. I mean, there's a lot of exciting stuff that's coming out in the research literature, in biology, that I've been poring over. It's so exciting. And I think that it's going to come, there's going to be a major um, re, uh, rethinking. Uh, right. The, the story they've got is wrong. You know, the story that the doctors believe is mm-hmm. wrong. The real story has to do with the sulfate, uh, sulfate deficiency, which is what's causing the, heart, the cholesterol to pile up in the arteries, mm-hmm. which is what's causing the heart attacks. Mm-hmm. But the heart attacks are actually a mechanism to get sulfate mm-hmm. that will then heal the heart to prevent heart failure, to pre- prevent valve problems, to prevent uh, arrhythmias, you know, mm-hmm. all these things mm-hmm. that you get instead when you're taking a statin. When you're taking a statin, you're not allowing the sulfate to be renewed. 
You're suppressing that. Yeah, and you're suppressing the cholesterol delivery. So, so the heart's just going to get sick, you know? And the muscles are going to get weak. Yeah, you're not getting ischemic heart disease. You know, you're protecting from, perhaps you're protecting from a heart attack. But, to, but the trade-off, what you're giving back is so much worse than a heart attack that nobody in his right mind would want to do that. It sounds like it. But what, what options do people have if they could try natural therapies? Organic diet. Organic diet, natural therapies. Maybe a natural Sulfur supplement. Doctor. So organic, I have, I mean, I have a certain program that I would advocate. Organic diet, organic whole food diet. Throw away all the processed foods. Anything comes in a box, throw it away, you know. Start with the whole food and cook your own meals from scratch. Uh, soups are fantastic. You take a bunch of bones like a turkey, turkey carcass, throw it into the, we're doing that right now, actually. <laughs> you know, we've got soup cooking <laughs> with a turkey carcass. It makes a terrific soup, and you get the minerals out of the bones. Mm-hmm. The minerals are so important to your health. Sulfur is one of them, of course, sulfur mm-hmm. depletion. I mean, sulfur is depleted everywhere in today's, in the soil, in the, in the, you know, in, in the food. And mm-hmm. so uh, you need to beef up your sulfur. And there's a lot of sulfur-containing um, supplements available, mm-hmm. N-acetylcysteine, um, lipoic acid, um, chondroitin sulfate. So chondroitin sulfate and uh, glucosamine sulfate, people think they're taking chondroitin or they're taking mm-hmm. glucosamine, but they're actually taking sulfate, mm-hmm. you know. so That's great. Well, thank you for joining us. We're out of time. And there's so much more to learn. And I want to thank our viewers for tuning in. And I want to thank Dr. Seneff for sharing her research and her opinions with us. And I want to thank our viewers for tuning in again. For more information on today's topic and our guests, please visit The Legal Edition online at thelegaledition.com. And as always, this information is for general educational purposes only. It is not to be construed as legal, business, or medical advice. And please seek the guidance of your counselor or practitioner before you embark on any change in program. Again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on The Legal Edition.